<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real tech advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman, from hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more. Whether you're pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. A lot of work goes into owning and running a business. But the hard work shouldn't end with key marketing strategies, team growth, or connecting with clients. It's so important to go even further and work on yourself as well. Mindset is a huge part of the entrepreneurial journey, but it's often the missing piece when it comes to reaching your greatest potential. Thankfully, we have today's guest who is an expert equipped with the knowledge and tools to change this narrative. I'm so excited to introduce Topsy Vandenbosch, a leadership mindset coach who helps women crush the negative thought patterns and behaviors that sabotage success. Using her foundation in mental health therapy and a passion to help others, Topsy's built proven mindset and emotional intelligence strategies. Every day, she helps six and seven figure entrepreneurs unearth deeper confidence and higher potential so they can scale their businesses without spiraling. I'm so excited to talk to Topsy about everything from recognizing language as a tool to the mindset strategies that will launch your ideas to the next level. So let's welcome Topsy to the work party. Hello. Thank you for having me, Jacqueline. I'm so pumped to be here. Thank you so much for having me again. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to kick things off, tell me about your career journey. You have this successful, obviously you're a successful mindset coach for top executives, as mentioned, making six and seven figures, but have you always had this knack? How did you get into this? How did coaching become your career path? Yeah. So hello, y'all. What's up? My name is Topsy. I am a proud West African um, first-generation immigrant to the U.S. And I I grew up in a household where uh, mindset was always discussed in some way. My dad's a sociologist. My mom is a licensed clinical social worker. So that's where my love for people came from. And when I was in college, y'all, I really thought that I was going to be somebody's like teacher, somebody's business, like somebody's business business, like manager, that none of that, none of that was happening. And so my parents sat me down and they said, you know what? You love people. You have a heart for people. And so why don't you think about social work? 
And my first thought was, I ain't trying to be broke. But then I was like, wait a second. My mom is a therapist and she's doing pretty good for herself. So I know that if she can figure it out, I can. And so from there, it just was born and it has been off to the races ever since. My background is in just helping people. I remember my professor in undergrad gave me that permission slip I needed to pursue whatever area of helping people I wanted to, whether that meant helping older adults, whether that meant helping people who are in recovery from substance abuse, whether that meant helping those who are houseless, struggling with depression, anxiety, and substance abuse. Like I just had the full permission to just go after what I wanted and to leave the, that particular niche when I felt burnt out. Because as you guys know, when you're in the helping field, it, the burnout is high, the, the pay is lower. And so that was the permission slip I needed to really um, discover myself and to just really learn like, what do I like? What do I enjoy? What is my passion? And so I worked with every population underneath the sun. I worked in Flint, Michigan, and I helped individuals who were diagnosed with severe to persistent mental illnesses. I helped make sure that they were on their meds. And sometimes they had co-occurring substance abuse struggles. So I was in the trenches. I was in the streets with my clients. And it was some of the best work that I've ever done. And then I went on to do emergency room clinical work for a little bit. So I was the therapist in the emergency room at a hospital. I worked with adults who were struggling with depression and anxiety in a community mental health agency capacity. So I truly got the experience that I needed to really feel comfortable with my ability to help people. And honestly, to also follow through and see the changes that people made to their lives and sometimes to their careers as a result of the help I was able to give them. And so fast forward to, I worked in the prison for a while. I worked with adult men in the prison system in Michigan. And that was no joke, y'all. That was no joke. It's a jungle in there. And you really have to have a really tough, I think, personality and resilience to really make it even as a professional there. And so after I left the prison, I made it nine months and I said, okay, what are we doing next? Because at that point I had been in the field since 2011 and this was around 20, I believe 2016. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to have my own therapy practice. And so I ended up joining a group practice, got my chops, learned the lay of the land. And then I eventually transitioned to having my own in-person brick and mortar therapy practice. I built and scaled it fairly quickly because I don't like being told that I can't do something. And I remember a lot of my colleagues were like, oh, you know, you're going to still be building your caseload after two years. And I'm like, I ain't got two years. I've got one year to make something pop. And so I built and scaled my therapy practice. And then I was like, you know what? The burnout is high, but because I work for myself, I'm able to control it. Right. And so I discovered in working with so many professionals. So I specialized in working with stay at home moms and just women struggling with depression and anxiety. And I found that the passion wasn't there the way that I wanted it to. And I felt a lot of guilt about that for a while, but then I saw something online about coaching and I was like, like, huh, like Tony Robbins type of coaching, like this is a thing. And then I started really looking into, well, can I do this? And I started Googling. You guys, it all starts with the Google search. And I remember thinking I made up the term mindset coach. I literally thought that I made that up. And Jacqueline, when I say I was butthurt <laughs> that 
all like there was a slew of mindset coaches that had been doing this work for a long time. And so I literally like buttoned up my bootstraps and I said, we're going to get to work. And so I Googled former therapists turned mindset coaches because I wanted to make sure that I did this transition ethically. Because for those of you that don't know, the coaching industry is incredible, but it is unregulated and that comes with its pros and cons, right? And so I wanted to make sure that I did it correct. I wanted to make sure that I attracted the exact ideal client that I knew that I was meant to serve, which was executives and um, business owners who were struggling with the mindset patterns that really affected the way in which they built their business. And I didn't want to directly help people with the depression, although the byproduct of mindset coaching could be a decrease in some of those symptoms, but that wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. And so I ended up emailing, cold emailing somebody like, hey, Hey, can you give me the steps that you took to become a coach? And she graciously said, yeah, you got to pay me 500, but absolutely. I will teach you. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, like this is proper etiquette. Like I don't know her and she doesn't owe me anything. And then from there, I just built my online business from scratch. I mean, I went from my therapy practice to nobody knowing my name and it was a journey, but I'm just so glad I never quit. Yeah. Wow. So amazing. And so many points to touch on. So <laughs> I love, no, well, I, there, there's so many things I, I love about your story. First and foremost is that you experienced and worked with so many types of struggles throughout yes. your career. You figured out what made sense for you in the moment. Yes. You also followed your passion, which I think Yes. A lot of times we get that question, like, what if you don't know what your passion is? And, you know, how do I know what I want to do next? And I think you just summed up a perfect story of it kind of changes, right? Like it, it kind does. of changes over time. You learn more through every experience, yeah. what you like, what you don't like, what you want to be doing. And then thirdly is that, yes, the coaching industry is unregulated. And I think there's a credibility crisis. Absolutely. What I love about what you're doing is like you're a therapist turned coach. You did the work, you put in the time, you have the pedigree. Yes. And, and and you researched what you wanted to do. So I think that's incredible. And I'm Thank excited you. to dive in. So Thank you. When you say investing in mindset, it feels kind of obvious. But then I think like when people set out to do it, they're like, wait, what am I doing? For so, sure. For <laughs> <so> sure. <laughs> how do you determine what is needed of you as a coach when you're meeting with clients? Yeah. So I pay attention to, because the whole point of coaching is to help people move forward in a future focused way. So you're looking at goals and objectives. And for me, I thought it was such a beautiful thing for me to strictly just help business owners. I, I love life coaching, but it was way too ambiguous for me. And I think where I come from with my degree, with my training, with my expertise, I thought it would make so much more sense to actually have a niche and carve myself into that niche. And so with business, with business owners, some of the things that I look for is what are some of the things that are blocking them from achieving their goals? Sometimes it's not an actual physical barrier. It's a mental barrier. What does that mean? I can't do it, right? It's some of the symptoms of um, imposter syndrome, or in my course, I call it the imposter monster. And it's where you feel like you're going to be found out. You feel like you're not worthy to experience the success that you're desiring. You're not worthy of hitting that sales goal. You're not worthy of nailing that brand deal. So I look for the beliefs that you have that are limiting you. So I'm very careful when it comes to, I wasn't 
wasn't always like this, but again, you change your mind and you evolve and you learn over time. But I don't believe that every belief we have is a limiting belief. I only believe it's limiting if it's affecting your ability to achieve the goals that you've set out to achieve. And so I look for the beliefs you have that are no longer serving you, where you're at with your goals and what is getting in the way of you accomplishing them. What are your core beliefs and how is that guiding the decisions that you make? So I really am looking at the intersection of emotional intelligence. So your ability to understand, um, perceive and manage your own emotions and others, and also paying attention to the logic. So are you making a lot of decisions in your business based off of emotion or based off of the combination of emotion and logic, which is emotional intelligence? And so I help business owners do that. I think pretty damn well. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I mean, it it is so true. And and look, like I think business is personal. Emotions are involved no matter which way you slice it. It it is to your point being able to navigate them. So can you give someone an example of what a limiting belief is for someone who might not be familiar with that? Yeah, yeah, this is really good. So a limiting belief could be, so let's say you're a person that knows that in your field of, so let's say you work for corporate. So I'm going to talk to the corporate people. You work for corporate and you notice that you don't really believe that you're worthy of the raise that you want to ask for. Okay. Sometimes people allow that to stop them from taking another step. What I would tell a client is to really look at what is the evidence for what you true, what you believe and how is that serving you? And is it actually true when we can be the judge and jury of our own thoughts, beliefs, and how it's impacting the way we show up. That is so powerful. And these thoughts don't have hold against you anymore. So what's the evidence that shows that you're not worthy of the raise that you are wanting? What experience, what duties, what tasks have you done? What projects have you worked on that caused for you to believe that this raise is warranted based off of what data? And the data is you, you're the data. So you have the ability to determine, okay, this is what I've done. And this is what qualifies me to get to the next step. Now it's a whole nother topic as to whether you get the raise. But I, the point is, is that I really want for people to know that half the time the battle is with us mm-hmm. and it's not with other people. You've already counted yourself out of the room before you've even gotten the room. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great example and something that people can definitely relate to. It's, it's about the facts meets the opportunity, meets your mindset to your point. So recently on your blog, you wrote a really short and powerful piece about language. You said, stop saying you have an Instagram business. You have a business that uses Instagram as a vehicle for connection, marketing, and sales. That's the difference. It really packed a punch. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I think in this day and age, there's a lot of us that are becoming online business owners. And in order to do that, you need to find or figure out where is your ideal client hiding? So for some of you, your ideal client may not be on Instagram. Maybe your ideal client is hanging out at the chamber of commerce. I don't know, in your local area, maybe they are at, you know, local meetings, local chapters in your community. You need to figure out where your ideal client is. And so for me, I thought it was really important that business owners really, we have a way of negatively speaking about the way in which we're reaching the people that we're meant to reach. And what I really wanted to do was destigmatize this notion that you just run an inst- a business that's dependent on Instagram. No, you don't. You run a business that just happens to use Instagram as a way to reach your people. So that's where it's really important then to combat that feeling. It's really important to build your own email list, 
build your own relationships off of the platform. That way, that feeling, that imposter syndrome feeling that tells you that what you do doesn't matter, it doesn't have any teeth to bite in because you've built your business independent of this platform. This platform has just helped you along the way. So that's what I meant by that. Thank you so much for bringing that up. I forgot I wrote that. I'm pretty <laughs> Look at you. You're, I know. Look at, look, at I, look at me go. You're like, that was really powerful. Um, I mean, <laughs> y'all, I am all about hyping yourself up. If you don't hype yourself up, ain't nobody going to do it. Like you can't expect other people to do your job. You feel me? Uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Taking a quick pause here to shout out one of our sponsors, Claire. Claire is an innovative new e-commerce paint startup that takes the hassle out of paint shopping. They offer a streamlined selection of designer curated colors, peel and stick, paint swatches, and premium paint and supplies delivered straight to your door. If you're a returning listener, then you know I'm obsessed with all things interior design. If I wasn't a founder or entrepreneur, I would definitely probably be dabbling in some type of interior design. I'm always on the hunt for new ways to style my home, whether it's an impromptu renovation, new seasonal decor, or a fresh coat of paint, which is why I am so excited about Claire. Traditional paint brands offer thousands of colors, which can honestly be very overwhelming. Claire focuses on fewer, better colors that are expertly curated through an interior designer's lens. And they offer so many tools to help make sure you get the right color for your project. I needed help choosing a color for something we're thinking about doing to our house this summer. So I tapped the Claire Color Genius. It's a super fun two minute quiz about your space and your style. And Claire delivers a personalized paint color recommendation for you. It's basically having an interior designer right there every step of the way as you choose your paint color. Claire also offers peel and stick paint swatches that are an exact match to the paint color and finish. These make it super easy to instantly see what colors work best in your space. Claire's paint formulations are zero VOC, Green Guard Gold certified for better indoor air quality and meet the most stringent chemical emission standards so we can paint our homes with peace of mind. And finally, I love Claire because it's a women-owned business. It's so refreshing to see this new women-led brand taking such a fresh approach to paint shopping. So visit Claire at www.claire.com party to get started on your own paint projects. It's so easy and fun. Use code party to receive $5 off your first gallon of paint. That's www.claire.com slash party with a code party for $5 off. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru, and you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. So one question I have, and as I mentioned earlier, business being very personal, do you have advice for people struggling to keep up with interpersonal work and their business growth? Sometimes I feel like our identities are so tied to our companies. It's hard to differentiate between like, am I doing the right thing for the company? And are my personal 
issues bubbling up and preventing me from a breakthrough potentially? Like, how do you navigate that? Oh, that's a really good question. So number one, one of the things I noticed with many business owners is they attach their worth to what they do. So I think it's really important to really pay attention and write it down. Who are you without these titles? I've really gotten into the habit of when I introduce myself to people, I don't say all of my you know credentials because number one, don't nobody want to hear all that. Number two, they didn't ask me. So a lot of the time people ain't trying to hear all that. They just want to know your name. And it's really interesting how quickly our identities can be tied to what we do. So who are you without that thing? And I really want for you to think about that. If you had no accolades, if you were in the middle of, I don't know where, in a sea of people and people are wondering what you do, but they won't let you talk about, they won't let you talk about what you do, but they want to know who you are. What would you say? And that is the first step to take to really separate your identity from work is Who are you without all of the titles? Who are you without the recognition? If nobody knew your name, how would you show up in the room? Would you still believe that you were a big deal? Would you still believe that you were worthy? Would you still believe that you matter and that independent of whatever you've accomplished, you matter, period, point blank? Do you really believe that? So that's where I would start. Wow. I mean, that that's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of a lot. (laughs) I love it. No, I mean, that's a very intense. I think for anyone who owns a business, especially for a long amount of time. But I, I just think that is that can feel very scary, right? Like to disassociate yourself from the company and all that, all that stuff. It is. It's very challenging because you know, so much of our value, we feel like can be derived from the success that we've had or or the lack of success that we've had, I guess, is also um, another way to put it. So as you've said, the work is never done. There are always bigger goals to meet and more to discover about ourselves. So how can we feel confident and accomplished while also constantly on a journey of growth? Yeah. So I think also, number one, recognize that you're not a project. I think it's really easy, especially for those of us that are business owners, Or even if you're an executive, like it's really easy to feel like, man, I still have so much to learn and I'm still growing. I'm still learning. Of course you are. So why are you having this unrealistic expectation that you should already have all the answers? What would happen if you just allowed yourself to rest? What would happen if you just decided to unsubscribe from constantly being on the learning hamster wheel? What if you decided to maintain and sustain for a little while? I think that personal development, as beautiful as it is, we need a break. We're whole just as we are. And I think that once we can really accept that, that's the journey to truly just feeling purposeful, truly feeling like we matter. It's really easy for us to feel like I don't matter or I need to continue learning because I don't know enough. And what if you didn't treat yourself like the project? You're not a project. Yeah. No, I love that. I literally just got an email in my inbox and it was about someone who I've worked with that's leaving their job. That's like, I'm moving on. And basically she's like, she was like, I'm taking a year off to check things off my bucket list. I love that. And I remember reading it and I was like, I could never. <laughs> it, it, seems, it seems so far away. Like I can tell Jacqueline, you are a very highly motivated person and you're a high achiever and I'm the same way. So for me, it makes me cringe, but I admire that so much. Same. Right? I'm like, yes. You I could never, but yes. <laughs> then text me and let me know how it is because I'll be over here. Yes. <laughs> no, for sure. But it's also, and I love that you're, you know, saying like, 
we do feel this constant like pressure to not only be learning and growing, but creating. Like yes. I'm doing stuff over here. Look at me doing stuff. It's like, so we live in this world of instant gratification. Information's at our fingertip. Everyone's sharing their lives, their stories, their successes. It's obviously something that takes time to do as yourself personally, but also it, it's all we're looking at online all the yes. time. How do you help clients to break free of this constant creation process? Oh man, this is good. So I would say one of the first things that I do is to number one, have them really take inventory of what they're taking in on a daily basis and to reduce that by half or to take a break if they're able to, because it's when you are constantly consuming something that in some way, shape or form is causing for you to feel that you're not enough and that you aren't doing enough and that you need to create something else that will fill that gap. It's time to take a break. So that's one of the things that I share with my clients is to really take inventory of the messages that they're taking in. And I would also say too, sometimes it's about just being okay with saying, no, I'm not going to fill that gap. I actually, that actually doesn't fall in line with what I had planned for my year. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And obviously you're talking to so many high impact entrepreneurs, small business owners, et cetera. What do you find is the biggest struggle that everyone's facing? Is it burnout? You know, where do you find the most common thread amongst your clients? Yeah, I think the most common thread would probably be number one, is this what I'm supposed to do forever? And they can't even imagine it because they are creative entrepreneurs (laughs) and they're creative people. And so one of the things they do is create. So it's really hard for them to think about a future that doesn't involve maybe what their current doing. I think the other thing is it's really easy to, on on that same vein, remain so future focused that you forget that you've created something incredible right now. Like, I'm sure your audience can resonate with that. It's almost like, where in the hell are you going? Where are you going? You're good where you are. You have built something incredible. I have had to pull so many or help so many business owners pull back from the need to constantly feel like what they're doing isn't enough. So I would say that's one of the things that a lot of business owners struggle with is staying in the present and not confusing complacency with just with just sustaining what they already have. I think when you're a high achiever, you feel like just building on what you have is lazy. It can feel like that. You are speaking to my soul, Topsy. <laughs> so legitimately, like I love this so much. So I went with this therapist. This was a while ago, but, and it didn't work out. But she said one thing to me that I always think about is like, she was like, you put your happiness on hold because all you do is say, well, I can do that when I can do that when I hit this revenue. I can do that when I sell this company. I can do that. I can have time to vacation when I do this. And she's like, but like today's the day. (laughs) Yes, today is the day. Why not now? Why not now? And it was like, I did that for 10 plus years. And it's hard to get out of that because if you have momentum around your business, it's like, okay, I just got to keep going, going, next big thing, next big thing. Um, and we feel like we can lose the momentum. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, I feel like I'm like this, if you're offline off Instagram for a year, to me, I'm like, I'm not, do I even exist? Am yes. I a tree in the forest? Yes. Or whatever? Like I see posts of people that come back and are like, took a year off. And I'm like, you did? <laughs> Didn't know, you know? So I told my client this a few, I, so maybe your audience will resonate with this and maybe you too. My client was telling me like, I feel like I can't take my, that, you know, she owns an agency and we do some emotional intelligence leadership work. And she's like, I feel like I can't take my foot off the gas and I feel like I'm going to lose momentum. And I said, baby girl, you are the momentum. 
Please don't get it twisted. <laughs> you are the momentum. So whenever you choose to come back and pick that back up, it's going to pop off. Like, like there's been times where I've taken breaks from sales and then I come right back within a day, two days. I'm already getting right that instant gratification of, oh my God, like you're back. I'm so excited to work with you because we hold the momentum. It's us. Mm, I love it. I love it so much. So I want to talk about you a little bit. So do you ever struggle with confidence or mindset? Yes. Like who's co- who coaches the coach? Who coaches the coach? I, yes, I actually do have a coach. Shout out to my best friend and my coach, Tamasha Stuber. She's incredible. She's a leadership and operation strategist. But so she helps keep me in line. Because what I do find is that when you are a giver, when you are a helper, when you are serving people so well, you need to be served too. And so, yes, y'all, I absolutely have my own confidence and stuff. Imposter syndrome shows up at every level in your business. I don't care how much money you have made. It will pop up at the weirdest times, but you'll all of a sudden find yourself in this room that you've always wanted to be in. And it is, it might be likely that you could try and sabotage it. I know I've done it. And I'm sure a lot of you guys have can resonate with that. It's really easy to feel like, am I actually worthy of being invited to this room? Or do they know that I'm a wild card and they and you don't know what the hell I'm going to say at any minute? Did they make a mistake? Do they know who I am? And so I think it's really important for us to have someone else that holds us accountable. But for me, as far as confidence, absolutely. I have to, I have a routine every single day that I do to really boost my confidence. And one of those things is to listen to a playlist. I'll have to share it with you so that you can share it with your audience, but I start off my day with it and the undertones of it subconsciously into your subconscious, it tells you that you are worthy. You are loved. You are whole. And that completely transforms my day. I can honestly say that I start off my day or even like, if you're a woman of color listening to this, I listen to this one song that's like, you know, brown girl magic, black girl magic, and just like really just pumping myself up. Because again, when you put that power into other people to make you feel confident, you will always come up empty. So you're the one that needs to fill up your cup. Yeah, I love that. And that's such a tactical, easy thing for someone to start doing. Like, I definitely share the playlist. You know, I think that's amazing. But I love that because it's not this ethereal thing where you're like, I can't do that. Right, right. Um, And then skincare, taking care of my skin. Yeah, yeah. Skincare, (laughs) makeup, glamming up, even when I don't feel like it and getting dressed for the day. I mean, today I'm like literally in the most raggedy out. Yeah, you feel it. But for the most part, when I know I need that confidence boost, I get dressed and honey, I, I slay. I slay. I love it. I love it. You know what? I, I think that's so true. I actually that's something that I feel like when COVID was hit and everyone was just like, I've I've struggled to get back into it. And but I do feel so much better when I do. So I love that. So if someone's listening and they're like, OK, mindset coach, what is this? What are a few questions that might jumpstart a process for people who may not know where to start in thinking if they need a mindset coach, if they want to do this? Yeah, I would say really look at how do you make decisions in your business right now? Do you make decisions primarily off of how you feel, off of your intuition, off of your gut? I'm not telling you that that's a bad thing, but I will say is that sometimes it's really good to have a a very balanced approach to the way that you make business decisions because For many of us, there is no manual to doing this work. There is no manual. Therefore, sometimes it can be really tough to discern whether or not what you're doing is in alignment with what 
you're actually meant to do. Sometimes we jump on opportunities that were never ours. So I would say, number one, look at how you make decisions. And do you make them from a primarily emotional place or do you look at it from the combination of emotional plus um, logical slash factual. So really determine that first. Number two, really think about how are you achieving your goals and are you satisfied with where you are? And if you're not satisfied, what's the evidence that shows that you could benefit from being able to talk this through with somebody that specializes in coaching? So for instance, do you struggle with imposter syndrome? Do you struggle with comparison? Do you Are you feeling jealous and envious of other business owners in your niche or other business owners who end up surpassing you? So I say, really look at the way in which your thoughts are impacting the way you feel, which then are impacting the way in which you're performing in your company and in your career. So I would say that those are the two places to start. Yeah, I love that. I think that that's such an important place to be when you're asking those questions and seeing kind of where you're at on the barometer of like, yeah, I'm a huge proponent of coaching and finding a coach that fits your, you know, what you're looking to do. So I love that. So let's do some rapid fire sentence finishers. Are you ready? I'm not productive unless my day starts with music. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say, I kind of know the answer to that one. Okay. When I'm creatively blocked, I twerk. (laughs) perfect perfect answer three traits that got me to where I am today are oh my god being a rebel persevering and being kind success is uh success is being loved (laughs) oh I love that I love that thank you so much Topsy this was such an incredible conversation I feel like I could talk to you for 500 more hours Of course. So can you tell us where people can follow you and connect with you online, on Instagram, all the Yes, yes, yes. Y'all can go and find me at Topsy Vandenbosch. Um, It'll be in the show notes. That's where I'm always hanging out. And like Jacqueline introduced me in the, in the beginning of the episode, I help business owners um, and, and executives crush the source of the negative thought patterns that are impacting the way that they show up through using emotional intelligence and coaching skills. And then you can also join my email list if you fit any of those buckets at, um, it'll be the, at, in the link in the show notes. And that's where you get all of my juiciest stuff. So those are the two places that you can find me. Oh, and LinkedIn. I'm starting to be more active on LinkedIn. So yeah, I'm excited to connect with you guys. Amazing. Yeah, no, I I love LinkedIn. I think that's a good one. Thank you so much for having me. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the Work Party podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is work party.